Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa, your host. Today I'm chatting with Melanie Dale. She's the author of Calm the Heck Down. If you listened to the episode before this one, I was talking to Sarah Sollett, and she is a person that is involved with helping the biological parents during in the foster care system. And I thought it was kind of funny that um, we were doing, that I actually fell into doing a podcast with Sarah, and then I did a podcast with Melanie, and I decided, what the heck? After that, I had a couple more interviews with parents of adopted kids. So I'm like, why not do a series on adoption and kids so Sarah was the first of the series Melanie's the second I actually have two more after that and then I also have a couple more parenting as well so we're doing a parenting adoption series it'll probably last us all the way through the month of January so honestly this is a really great story um Melanie is an author like I said she wrote the book calm the heck down she also adopted two of her kids um her two girls and her boy was uh, biological, but she dealt with infertility. She dealt with um, some learning disabilities, um, um, special needs, having this adopting a special needs kid. So I thought it was really important that we highlight parents that are doing doing the things. And hopefully, I have a filler out because one of my favorite authors, who is also a blogger, um, I'm putting it out of the universe. I've asked her to come on the show, so hopefully she will agree to come on with her busy schedule and talk about her challenges and how she is actually making a difference by writing fiction books that have children in there that have Down syndrome, which is a really great thing to show that, hey, you know what? They have feelings just like we do. Um, so I hope you really enjoyed this interview with Melanie. I enjoyed the interview. She's super funny. Um, I will put the link in the bio Um, In the show notes, link in the bio, I was like, I'm talking on Instagram. Um, In the show notes of all of her books, um, there are affiliate links. So if you end up buying them, that's great. It helps me out some. So thank you so much. And it helps me get more stuff in front of you and more more, um, great interviews. So I have a lot of great interviews coming up. So hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome back to another edition of Chats from the Bog Cabin. Today, I am joined by author Melanie Dale. She's the author of Calm the Heck Down. And Melanie, tell us a little about yourself before we start talking about the book. Yeah. Hi. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be here in your blog cabin, which is like the cutest name. Um, I have been married to my college sweetheart for 20 years. We live right outside of Atlanta, on the south side of Atlanta. Uh, We live in a community where everyone drives golf carts everywhere. So there's over 100 miles of golf cart paths, and that's just normal. And and then when I tell people, they're like, say what now? Um, And I always joke that I have a hybrid because I I drive a golf cart and I have a minivan. So if you put those two together, it's kind of like having a hybrid. Um, We have three kids from three different continents. So uh, I had my son Elliot after a long battle with infertility, and he is now 13. And then we adopted our youngest daughter, Evie, from Ethiopia. And she, we adopted her when she was two, and she just turned 11 right before Christmas. And then we adopted our oldest daughter, Anna, from Latvia when she was nine, and she's 16 now. So we have three kids on three different continents. We messed with birth order, and we have a lot to learn to calm the heck down about. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about your book. Why did you put the asterisk in the heck? I love yeah. that, by the way. Thank you. I mean, 
I thought it was funny. And when I was meeting with editors and, and, and I met with my, my editors who ended up being my editors at Simon and Schuster and they were like, we think it's so funny. And I was like, okay, you are my people. Um, honestly, a, a few years ago, my son was like, mom, remember when you tried to convince us that heck was a bad word? Like when the kids were little, I was so careful with language and heck was a bad word. And the F word was fart, you know, and I never wanted my little kids to say that. And then like now I have teenagers and just all the words are always there all the time. So we laugh about it. So I thought it would be funny if I was going to write a parenting book to to make heck a bad word. So, <laughs> so why did you decide to write this parenting book? Yeah. Um, you know, I, this is my fourth book. And when I decided to make my fourth book a parenting book, I thought, well, what's the one thing that I have learned a lot about over the years that I feel like I have something to say about and can actually tell other parents about who are maybe coming up behind me, kids a little bit younger than mine. Um, and it is to calm the heck down. We we have had a lot to calm down about. It took me 12 years to accrue my children. Um, and then after that very long, difficult 12-year period between infertility and adoptions, um, I really thought, okay, well, now the fun begins, right? And then we entered what I, I talk in the book about uh, label palooza when I found myself sitting across from doctors and specialists and teachers and therapists giving me labels for some of my kids. And um, and I realized that parenting was going to look different than I thought it was. And um, that if I did not learn how to lighten up and have fun in the middle of the hard stuff, that, that it was going to crush me. And so I really have been on that journey for years now of learning how to call, calm the heck down and in all different kinds of circumstances. So that was what I wanted to be able to share, all the tips and tactics and strategies that I have learned, often the hard way. Uh, I was excited to pass on to other people. Some people, you know, are are like naturally calm people. They just naturally exude calmness. And and I will tell you, people who know me in my real life, including my kids, will say, I am not wired that way. I am I am like a, a stress ball a lot of times. I don't I don't ever start out calm. Uh, it's something that I have to work at. And so all of that hard work that I have done, I am passing on to others in this book. So you talk about, you know, you've gone through infertility, you're an adoptive parent, you're a special needs parent. So let's talk about some of the challenges and struggles that you talk about in the book. Can you give us some instances of some? Um, you know, I I've, have it split up into 16 different chapters uh, all around different topics in parenting. Um, everything from behavior and words to um, big kids and growing up and sex and, you know, just and, and puberty and everything in between. And so, you know, I, I think with behavior, one of the one of the big things that I've learned that actually applies no matter how old your kids are, whether they're little or big, is to focus on one thing at a time and use fewer words. And that has been something that whether my kids were little or now that they're teenagers, if I overload them with too much stuff at one time, it overwhelms them and everyone kind of explodes. And so mm -hmm. I've, I've learned to focus on one thing at a time, whatever that one thing is. A lot of times um, with one of my kids, it's obey the first time because I have an arguer and so she wants to argue, argue, argue. And so if I just focus on obey obey the first time and, and that is the thing that we work on rather than me saying five things that I would like for her to do, mm -hmm. just give her the one thing at a time and that helps. And then use fewer words has really helped because I love talking. My husband and I are both lecturers and we can just like go on and on with our kids. And so we are learning and have learned to use fewer words to uh, just almost create tapes that we just say, you know, little, little phrases that when the kids hear it, they know, oh, I need to do that. Like if you mess it up, clean it up. Okay. Rather than me like lecturing about all the ways, you know, just if I see that someone has caused a mess and, and run away, it's an easy thing to just say, if you mess it up, clean it up or like obey the first time, you know? So we have these little tapes that we say, and when we use fewer words, it helps kind of de-stress everything and calm everyone down a little bit. So yeah. So tips and tactics like that for, you know, pick a category and and I'll tell you all of the all of the things that I've learned on how to calm down in that category. So let's talk about the pandemic and COVID and everybody being home. I mean, I, honestly, I think all the parents are pretty stressed out by now. I know a lot of my friends that are doing virtual, my kids are luckily out of school, but um, they're all doing virtual schooling. It's it, they're stressed to the max. So give mm -hmm. them tips about that. Yeah. And my kids have done four different kinds of schooling this year. 
four. Mm. We've we've had full virtual at home, you know, and then we've had everyone back to school. We've had hybrid where they go a couple days a week at, you know, a smaller class sizes. Mm -hmm. And we've had synchronous hybrid where they're in school twice a week, but then they're home and they're having to log into like seven different Zoom classes on time. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and everything, you know, so every, every quarter has been a different version of schooling, I think, as everyone's trying to figure this out. And so I, you know, I almost feel like we need a PhD in education to just keep up with what's going on. So yeah, um, you know, one thing that has helped me as I'm going through this um, and, and never knowing what the next week is gonna look like and, and what's gonna happen um, is to separate out what I can and can't control because mm -hmm. I wanna control everything. I'm a, I love control. And, uh, and there's just this year, the hardest thing has been that we can't control so many things. Um, and so every time something new is, hits us, I separate out what I can and can't control. So for instance, when everything closed down and like all the kids activities and we, you know, my inbox, I'm sure everyone, you know, your inbox filled mm -hmm. up with all of the cancellations of everything and it was stressful. Okay, I cannot control the soccer league in our city. I can't control my kids' sports and whether or not they get to do sports. But what I can control is whether or not my kids get exercise. And mm -hmm. so that's what I tried to focus on. And like, okay, well, we're gonna do yoga together or we're gonna go for a walk or I'm gonna make my kid get on this bike. And um, and I, I can let go of the stuff that I literally can't do anything about and it won't do any good no matter how much I doom scroll all night long on my phone trying to find a solution. And I can focus on the things I can control and that helps give me a little sense of peace in the midst of all of the hard stuff. Wow. <laughs> you, one of the tips you also give is to take advantage of precious alone time. That's like self-care. So how do you do your alone time? My alone time, you know, my kids are older now and they basically never sleep. I have teenagers, they're up later than I am at night. And so, uh, but the good news is if I leave them alone, they're not gonna like fall down the stairs or get into a drawer or something. So um, so I go and take it like a half hour hot bath every day with some Epsom salt because I, I'm in my 40s and I wake wake up in the morning and everything aches. And so I just like an Epsom salt bath and, and I go in there and sometimes I do work. Like if you get an email returned from me, chances are I returned that while I was in the bathtub. So I'm often multitasking, but it's just a little alone time. My kids are old enough that the last thing they want is to bother me in there. They don't want to see me in the bathtub. So <laughs> it's for me to have some privacy. Um, and I do that almost every day. And when the kids were little, you know, I didn't get to just like disappear into the bathroom like that. But then I had nap time and they went to bed earlier at night. So I was still able to get that time. It was just when they were down. So, yeah. So basically self-care is whatever you makes you feel good. It's so important. And and the acronym, I've shared this several places, the acronym that's really been getting me through this year, I do it every day, is I go through GRACE. And that stands for gratitude, read, adapt, create, and engage. And and literally this thing has has helped keep me on the path because when in March, when everything started shutting down, I was like, I need a tool. Like I'm I I like a tool. I like tips that help myself to, to process things. And so every day I'm like, Grace, okay, gratitude. What am I grateful for? Even in the midst of so much loss, there's still something to be grateful for. Read, instead of just doom scrolling on my phone, all of the headlines, I wanna read a book, just a little bit of a book every day, like a fun book. Uh, adapt, I wanna celebrate every day how I'm adapting. How have I adapted, uh, you know, Months ago, wearing masks everywhere would have been weird. And now it's just a part of our daily life. You know, virtual school and all the different versions of school we've all had, like we have had to adapt to that. And so I want to make sure that I'm taking a second to go, hey, look at us. We are adapting and good for us. Um, and then create is C. And, and so for me, that's my writing time a lot. But then sometimes it's maybe trying a new recipe or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just creating something around your home. Just right now I'm working on a jigsaw puzzle. It's fun. It's just, you know, it's, it's just meaningless, relaxing fun for me. Um, and then E is engage. And so even though we're distanced, is there a way to still engage with people? Whether you're, you know, we FaceTimed mom and dad in for Christmas morning. Um, I, you know, I had a distanced conversation with a neighbor across the yard. Um, I, we're trying to still serve our local community. So are there people in need who we can be serving even in the middle of all of this? So engage is important. So, so that acronym has been a, a form of self-care for me uh, for, for this last year. And I'm just going to keep keep doing it and it's every night before i go to bed i just try to take stock of like okay what was the grace for today and it's helped me have grace to myself and grace for the people around me that we're stuck in the house with 
I love that. The fact that you, before you go to bed at night, you do that because that's a great way to reflect on your day too and reflect on what you could have done better. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes the adapt, I'm like, okay, how did I, I didn't do that great today. How can I work on that for tomorrow? Yeah. So in your, in your autobiography, I mean, in your bio, it talks about having a special need kid. How have they adapted to COVID? You know, it's been hard. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like there have been a lot of challenges. Um, I've we have a wonderful team around our family, and I'm really careful not to share all the details of that because I think my kids deserve privacy. But um, but we have a wonderful team, and I had to tweak the team quite a bit uh, early on in the pandemic, and and really call in reinforcements, and um, and so. I've, I've had a lot more meetings with the, the specialists in our lives. I've had a lot more. And instead of being able to meet in person, it's a lot more doing this with a webcam, you know, and, and having to talk to specialists just sitting here in my office. Um, I've, I've had meetings with specialists on Zoom, on my phone, in parking lots, you know, but um, really this has been a very challenging year for our family because of that. And I'm sure other families dealing with kids who thrive on routine and who thrive on having a, their set team of people around them, it has been challenging. And so I'm, all I can say is me too. And, um, and we are just digging deep into our resources and, and, and helping our kids as best we can. Um, I, you know, I, it's been challenging and I, and a lot of the, you know, I wrote calm the heck down before, the pandemic hit, but a lot of the tips and strategies in that book are continuing. Like everything is still continuing to be relatable and, and helpful, even in the middle of the pandemic. So I'm, I'm going back to the things that, that I talk about in that book. And we're doing those things on a regular basis to just try to work through things here at home. So give me, give us some tips for those that are watching. Um, you know, I think one thing, one thing that is, helpful for us is to figure out the non-negotiables, uh, especially right now when um, there is so much that we can't count on. Figure out the non-negotiables in your life. What are the things you have to have? For our kids, there are certain things they have to have. There are certain things that we cannot do without. And then let go of everything else. And so um, I, I, I've been doing that a lot. You know, I, I had a kid who went through, this is a silly one, but I, I had a kid who went through a period where they had to wear two different shoes. They just wanted to wear two different shoes and it drove me absolutely bananas. Like, my gosh, just put on the same shoes. Like, why? And, but I was like, that's not a non-negotiable for me. That's not a big deal. I can let that go. And eventually that kid's feet are going to hurt and then we'll move through it. And sure enough, a couple weeks after they decided, you know, I don't like this anymore and went back to wearing shoes the regular way. And I didn't have to waste my energy on that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so that's a big help. And especially during the pandemic, you know, there are so many things that we that are non-negotiables, but what are the other things that just don't matter that we can let go of? Um, so that's that's been a really important one. Um, I think we, you know, we do have to say yes to ourselves in the midst of all of this. We we can't lose ourselves in parenting. Um, and obviously, our kids are the most important and and so incredibly important. But but we do have to find ways to say yes to ourselves every day. Whether that's you know for me taking that hot bath every day and doing my acronym, um, whatever that looks like for you to just take a moment, take a breath to to say yes to something that you care about um so that you know at the end of this we haven't lost ourselves in parenting it's really really important um one thing that that i also really practice with my kids i tell them all the time is everything in moderation so um one way that i can kind of lighten up whether it's screen time or sugar or you know whatever the things that we're always like no kids you know <laughs> too much um and and especially around now with the holidays and um it's easy to just feel like everything is in excess and so the thing that i just keep trying to teach my kids over and over is everything in moderation you know except for like heroin and murder probably those things you just probably shouldn't try at all <laughs> but um but that, it's something that i really talk to my kids about like whether it's sugar or screen time or whatever it is that, that they're wanting to do or with teenagers, if it's sleeping in till three in the afternoon, just like mm. everything in moderation. Um, we can't have everything all at once all the time. Yeah. Um, I love how you said the murder and the heroin, because that brings me to my next point is one of your tips was keep a sense of humor. 
Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, I firmly believe that laughter makes us brave. And um, and so we we try to cultivate a home filled with laughter. And we've got some heavy stuff going on here a lot of the time. And it is not always easy to laugh. But I find that our sense of humor uh, is really what gets us through. And sometimes when I'm struggling on a day with finding the funny, I go to, I have a list on my phone of things that are funny, like that I just kind of add to, you know, some people have a gratitude list and mm -hmm. I have that too. Like I have a gratitude journal I try to add to, but then I also have a funny list of like, what are the things that I've seen that have made me laugh? So then when I'm struggling in a day, I can go back to that list and go, well, what made me laugh before? And then just like re laugh about it. Um, we watch funny YouTube videos around the house. We, I, I, I feel like as my kids are getting older, I'm seeing them embrace humor as well and learning to laugh at themselves. And I think we all just need a healthy sense of humor at ourselves too, that we can't take ourselves too seriously. And that is definitely one of our go-to tactics around here is laughter. I love that. Have you always had your sense of humor or no? Um, I think it has been cultivated by my kids. I feel like I need to give my kids credit for that. <laughs> um, I, I've always, um, I grew up and my mom always said, you have to laugh to keep from crying. And so and we have plenty of crying too. That's a good thing too. But um, I definitely have always tried to laugh and develop that. Um, but I do think that my sense of humor has become even um, more honed or refined, <coughs> excuse me, uh, by parenting because every day I'm having to go, let's, let's find the, find the funny. Yeah, just like I loved, like I commented before, I love your hat because it says fight evil, read books, which is kind of like uh, funny too as well. <laughs> and when before we got on, you said you dressed like you were coming to a blog cabin or a log cabin. <laughs> so I love that. Um, so let's talk about, you know, people are planning a lot of vacations are being canceled and they're not able to go on vacation. Talk about that. That has been so hard. We had all of our vacations canceled this year. Um, you know, we our our very last one. We were supposed to go see family at the beach for Thanksgiving, and when that one that one got canceled, it was so painful. We haven't seen those relatives in two years, and but it was we had people coming in from four different states, and you know, it was and people who were in critical conditions with health, and we just couldn't couldn't do it. So that's been really hard. I think um, you know one thing that's been Oh, sorry. One thing that's been really important this year and with parenting in general, but but definitely this year is is mourning our expectations for mm -hmm. how we thought the year was going to go. And I talk about this in the book, too, um, that, you know, we have expectations for how how 2020 was supposed to go for. I had expectations for how certain work things were supposed to go. And we were supposed to go to Maine with my family and um and have like really fun memories and all of that got canceled because of COVID. And then even before that, you know, I thought parenting was going to look different than it does sometimes. And, and rather than just forcing yourself to chin up and like push through, I think it's important to mourn those expectations that we have. And that doesn't take away from what what we have, it actually, when we mourn the expectations of, of the unicorn kids we thought we were going to have or the incredible year we thought we were going to have, we're at, it frees us up to embrace the life we actually have and to embrace our unique, incredible children that we actually have. So mourning expectations has been huge for me, especially this year. So how has COVID made you pivot as far as, you know, like you said, you had to cancel vacations. Did you plan staycations in place of the vacation or did you just kind of go with the flow? Yeah, actually, one thing we did, we did get one trip, we didn't leave the state. But um, this summer, just out of desperation, we rented a condo on the beach. We live in Georgia. So we're on the coast anyway. So we rented a condo. Um, and kind of our pod family who are near us who we just naturally are with a lot. We didn't want to rent a house together. We still wanted to follow the rules, but they rented a condo in the same building. Mm -hmm. And then we could hang out on the beach together um, and kind of socially distance and, and sit with our chairs and hang out. And that was such a, a moment of respite for us and, and a privilege. And we, you know, we live in Georgia, the coast is nearby. So that was something that we were able to do. Um, but that was such a that was not what we, we decided to do that because all of our kids' camps were canceled. So mm -hmm. we had the money back from all of the camps. And so we were like, well, rather than just sit at home and be sad, let's take the money that we got back from all the camps and let's 
go rent a condo at the beach and at least change scenery. And that was such, uh, that was really like when, when we, we talk about kind of, we look, look back at the year with our kids every year. And that was something that the kids said was really special in the midst of all of this to, to be able to do something. So yeah, that was one thing we did. Um, you know, it's, it's been interesting. I think my kids have been amazing the way, you know, when they are in school, they're in masks all day, every day, and they're distanced and they, you know, see people across the classroom in the mask and they haven't seen the bottom half of their friends' faces, you know, since March. And so in some ways, I think our kids are even better at pivoting than we are. And I've learned so much from watching my kids persevere through all of it. My, my son had a swim meet, uh, his one and only swim meet that he had, everything else was canceled, but he had one swim meet and none of the parents were allowed in. And so, you know, but it was so great that he got to swim and they had to wear masks up until they dove in the water and, you know, took the mask off, dove in and then put the mask right back on. Um, and we saw all the parents were out in our cars in the parking lot watching the little pin dots on our phone, you know, and trying to figure out which kid was in which lane was ours. And so, I mean, it's not ideal. These are second best options. You know, these are not our, our first choices, but at this point, I'm feeling gratitude for the second best options that we have. And I keep reminding myself that this is not forever. Yeah. Even though some people think it will go on forever, who knows? Let's talk about how it's taken a toll on your marriage. You know, let's talk about your marriage and how you've been able to pivot because obviously there's not a lot of alone time because the kids are always there. So let's talk about that. One time um, out of desperation, because Alex and I weren't having it. I mean, because again, I have teenagers, they do not sleep. So they're awake at all hours and we're always together. And so at one point we ordered the kids outside to wash the cars just so we could have sex. We were like, go wash the cars. And here's, here's buckets, here's soap, here's everything you need don't come back in the house. And we ran upstairs and he was like trying to be all romantic with me. And I was like, no time, just go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 15 minutes before they're right back in here. <laughs> so, you know, you have to get creative. <laughs> we've, we've, um, you know, gotten drive through coffee and just sat in our cars and, and drank coffee, or we've um, gone and taken a walk by the lake, you know, away from everyone. And so it, it is challenging. It has taken a toll. Um, but we, you know, we just are committed to trying to be creative and, and getting that precious time alone when possible. Um, and I think, you know, I'm such a proponent of mental health. And I talk about that in the book and a lot of the, the strategies that we've learned for managing emotions and lightening about emotions. And so I have definitely done uh, video conferences with my therapist this year. There have been so many times where I've just needed to talk to someone and so I think that if that's an option for people that they should take it and feel no stigma towards it, because if, you know, if you have a physical ailment, you go to the doctor. And so we need to be checking in with our mental health uh, support as well. And so I'm, I really want to be, I want to come out of this pandemic, both emotionally and spiritually healthy, as well as physically healthy. So um, it's a whole package that, that we're all trying to go for. Yeah, that is so true. I love how you said just go getting coffee because your kids are old enough now that you can leave them basically at home for a little extended period of time, not like a whole night, you know, because obviously you don't, you know, <laughs> but to be able to just grab those few minutes for yourself. Yeah. I love that. We celebrated our 20th anniversary this year and couldn't do anything or really, you know, and so we just ordered the kids out of the basement and we took over the basement and watched videos and open presents. And I mean, just to be in a room alone without the kids in it together was something. And so we just like hung out on the sofa. We watched silly YouTube videos together on the TV and, um, and just, you know, that was our 20th anniversary. Yeah. That's our, we celebrated our 25th. And so this year it's kind of, it was kind of hard too, because we still had one at home and we had planned on going to the beach and you know, just going someplace off by ourselves. And of course that didn't happen because uh -huh. of COVID. So we kind of um, took a, a day trip later on like during the fall and actually went and drove down part of the blue ridge route um, oh. parkway because i'm in north carolina so ready <laughs> so um so let's talk about your books you said you've written four books what are the other books 
Uh, I wrote a book called Women Are Scary. Uh, it's it's about making mom friends. So I wrote it after my kids were little. And I, you go through that awkward period of time when you have a baby and all of a sudden you have to make friends who are parents. And and I had just moved to down here to a new region of the country, uh, had a baby, didn't even really understand how to leave the house with a baby yet. you know. And so it was a book. It was really fun to write. Um, it was based on a blog post that I wrote years ago called Dating for Moms and where I take moms around the bases of relationships and they're different than the high school bases. <laughs> um, but uh, the the idea that first base is you, uh, you meet a mom at like a, a shared activity with your kids, whether it's like dance class or soccer and you're on the sidelines or whatever. No one, no one like chose to make friends there. You just ended up there watching your kid and it's an opportunity to make awkward small talk. And if that goes well, then uh, second base is when you're a little more intentional and you actually agree to go somewhere like a play date at a park and get to know each other a little bit more. And then if that goes well, third base is you invite her back to your place or she invites you to her place and um, and you guys get even more kind of vulnerable. You may see dirty laundry, there may be dirty dishes in the sink, your kids have to figure out how to share their toys, which is the whole thing. And and then if that goes well, then fourth base, that, that home run is when you meet a friend who's just like, you like her so much, you don't even need the kids anymore. You just oh. go out because you like each other. So that's, that's basically the book and um, and so tips and tricks for each stage of the dating. And, and then even there's a couple chapters on breakups because it happens. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to break up with a mom or you get broken up with and it's horrible. So, um, so that was my first book. Then my second book was called It's Not Fair, Learning to Love the Life You Didn't Choose. And it is about when you think your life is going to go one way and then it ends up in a totally different place and you have to deal with that. And so that idea that I mentioned about morning expectations and like I really kind of get deep into that with It's Not Fair um, and what that looks like. And then my third book was called In Freaking Fertility. And it is specifically, so I talk about infertility in It's Not Fair. And then my third book is really just for those infertile couples who are going through it. And I wanted to write a book that I wished I'd had when I was going through infertility. Um, and, and so it's a book not to solve your, your infertility, but to help you survive it with your your sense of self intact and your relationships and your emotional health with all of it. And so it's uh, <clears throat> just a holistic look at like, how do we get through this? Um, and so it's, and it was fun because I actually got my husband, who's a pretty good writer to write a little blurb from the husband's perspective for each chapter. So that was really neat. Um, and it's illustrated. I spent a lot of time like illustrating pictures of whimsical ovaries and <laughs> pocket chip sperm. It was fun. <laughs> and then, um, and then calm the heck down is my newest, uh, how to let go and lighten up about parenting. And, um, I'm really excited for it to be out in the world. Now, when you were writing calm the heck down, you, you did not imagine that you were going to release it during a pandemic, did you? No, during a pandemic, during the holidays, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> So why did you, it's, I mean, it's so great right now for parents to actually read it because there's great parenting tips for during the pandemic. But why did you decide, like you said earlier, why did you decide to write it and not even knowing the pandemic was coming? I mean, I had no idea and then everything hit and it was actually going to be released in August with its little happy ice cream cone on there. And then it, everything with the pandemic, it got moved to a December launch date. And I, I really think it probably came out exactly when it needed to. Um, so so here we are. But no, I could not have seen the pandemic coming when when I decided to write a book about calming down. I think even without a pandemic, parenting can can you know it causes us to freak out and i've i've been all over the country speaking to moms groups and everywhere i go it's the same the same idea that we are freaking out about parenting all of us do it and and just when you calm down you learn to calm down about one thing in parenting your kids grow a little bit or the world falls apart and and there's a whole new set of things to learn to calm the heck down about. So so I talk about it in the book. You know, I'm learning how to calm the heck down about high school and teenagers. And I have I have this whole new thing that I'm working on calming the heck down about now. And then all of this other stuff that I've learned how to calm down about. And so I do think that it's just a layering process. And you learn these these strategies for calming down, and and uh, they're always there for you once you learn them. And you can fall back on them no matter what the world goes through, no matter what it throws at you. <laughs> Now, did you always want to be a writer or was this something that naturally you fell into? 
I, I have, I love writing. You know, I, I've done a lot of different things, but, but the thing that is kind of the thread through it, I actually went to school for theater. I have a theater major. Um, but even, even as I was getting a degree in acting, I was writing a ton and I was writing a one woman show and I was always just always writing. I was the kid that hid in the closet and wrote moody poetry, you know, by myself in elementary school. <laughs> um, so I've always loved writing and actually it's been fun this last year. I've, I've started dabbling with screenwriting. And so, um, I'm one of the writers for, uh, Shutter's Creep Show. Um, it's and so that's been really fun. I love Creep Show, and um, it's just been really fun to learn how to even write screenplays. And I love horror is one of my very favorite genres. So that's been really fun to kind of dabble in that this year. So I I love writing, and I love taking on new writing challenges. Yeah. So how do you fit your writing time around parenting and your marriage and balancing it all out? Because I know mm -hmm. a lot of people are wondering how to do that, especially during COVID, because obviously your creative time where the kids may have gone to school, now you're home, now they're home, you know? Yeah, it honestly, it threw me for a loop for a while. And I, I tried to just be gentle with myself and go, this is new. This We haven't had anything like this. You know, the, this generation of parents, I'm really proud of us because no one else has had to go through this for at least a century. And so um, so I, I tried to be gentle with myself at first and just go, I need, a, I need some time to regroup and wander around in my jammies and, and work puzzles and drink coffee and look around like what just happened. Um, but on the other side of that, I did just try to get back into my routine and honestly, the skills that I learned when the kids were little have helped me, which is, I, I mean, writing is my job. And so I treat it as my job. I show up to it. I am definitely interrupted a lot more now, which can feel very frustrating. Um, but but I am trying to just treat it like I still show up, even if it is more challenging, even if maybe I'm not writing as much, the, the amount of writing that, that I was able to do when the kids were at school, I'm still just trying to show up every day and do the work. So that's been helpful for me to just go, this is my job. So no matter what's going on out there, I have to show up. Um, so that's been helpful. And also um, when my kids figuring out the timing so that when my kids are busy with their work, that's when I'm also busy with my work um, or when the kids are are off and they're having their screen time or, you know, whenever they don't need me that's when I can work, get some work done. And that's been helpful. The, the other thing is I, I actually, cause I work on a desktop a lot. I'm, I'm so old school. I like to just sit, I've got like all these screens set up like a spaceship and I just like to feel like I can spread out at my desk, mm -hmm. but I actually did get a laptop. Um, because I, I figured I need to be able to work not just in my office because there's a lot more going on in my home right now. So now I have a laptop. So like if the kids are home, I can just sit in a corner and write on my laptop. And then if anyone needs me, I'm there and I can hear them. Um, and so that's been helpful too, to be a little bit more mobile with my job so that I can balance it. It's not easy. And I, the, the pandemic has def definitely taken a toll specifically on women. I mean, I think it's been really challenging because, um, you know, as moms, we've had to give up a lot in order to try to keep all of these plates spinning. Um, and, and thankfully, I, I will say I'm grateful for my partner because he also works from home. And so he's been there with us juggling as well through all of this. So that's been helpful. <laughs> this isn't forever. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I think a lot of people need to put that up there. On, it's not forever. They need to remember that. My dad used to always say this too shall pass. And, uh, and it will, this, this will too. <laughs> yeah. Cause I know it's gotta be hard, especially if you're a creative type like us and having to sit down in your creativity, you have to put it like in a certain set amount of time to, to put out what you want to put out, you know, your work thing. So how do you do that? How do you not keep your creativity from being blocked? Yeah. My creativity, again, I, I just, I'm very disciplined and I treat it like a job. So I never wait for inspiration to strike. Um, sometimes inspiration does strike. And that's when I, um, I have like just my notes section of my phone and I will just write it down. Actually, the entire intro to calm the heck down, I wrote in the notes section of my phone while I was at tumbling class with, with my daughter. Uh, she was tumbling. I was in that tiny little airless parent thing, which actually if we never go back to that, that is a gift that COVID has given us. If I never have them crammed in a tiny room 
staring at a tumbling, then then thank you, pandemic, for that small gift amidst all of the horrors. <laughs> um, but I just remember sitting, you know, and I was just like, what would this book be about? And I started just writing with my thumbs and ended up with what is now the the introduction for my book, um, the, the whole first part of the first chapter. So, so when inspiration does strike or when I am not able to be at my computer, I'm still writing. And for me, that's just on the notes section of my phone. Um, but, but then I'm, I'm not really just waiting for that because sometimes that, especially there are certain weeks where I don't ever feel inspired. And so, um, it's just a matter of sitting down and opening up a blank word document and just going for it and, and writing something. And so, um, I, I try to think of that as like writing like a like a sloppy toddler. Like I just whatever is coming to mind, just get the words out. I'm not editing. I'm just trying to get the words out because you can't edit a blank page. So you have to have to do something. And so um, even if I'm not feeling like it, I'm still just going to show up to work and write just like, you know, any job that anyone has, even when they don't feel like it, they have to show up. And so when I treat my writing like that, that helps me stay more disciplined. And then at some point I will feel inspired and I can go in and shape something and make it better. Um, but it really is just a discipline every day of doing the work, no matter what you've got going on in your life. And that has been really helpful for me over the years, no matter what my family is in the middle of and no matter what. I'm feeling like just to remember that this is a job, but I'm my own boss and that can be challenging. I have to, I have to be a mean boss to myself sometimes. So basically you go in, you open up your laptop or your desktop and you brain dump on days that you really don't feel like, and you just mm -hmm. dump everything, how, whatever you're feeling out on paper, just to get those creative yeah. juices flowing. Yeah. And then about once a week during the pandemic, because especially when the kids have been home, I have made a writing date with myself. And for me, that has been on Friday afternoons because um, my kids don't have anything for Friday's kind of like they have school, but then there's nothing like, like they can just kind of have screen time. There's no homework. There's nothing like that. I have to make sure everyone's on top of. So Fridays for me from like lunchtime till dinner, I take that chunk and I disappear with my laptop. And, and that's kind of my gift. I don't say hello to my kids. They just kind of like do their thing. My husband works from home, so he's there if there's an emergency, you know, but I can just disappear and um, sit outside with my laptop or whatever. And that's been a really just a great time. So I'm writing every day, but then Fridays I actually look forward to. It's like a date with myself where I just get to write and be up in my head by myself without any interruption, without any interruptions for like six hours. Yeah, you know, that's, I don't know if you know any of the story behind a blog cabin, but it's like 50 yards away from my back door. It's a she shed that we bought and created this office for me outside of the home so that I'm not dealing with anything that's going on inside the home when I'm in here. I mean, sure, my husband, I have to ended up putting a stop sign on my door so he doesn't come in like when I'm in the creativity mode. But I think right. you understand that, right? <laughs> Yes, yes. I have a, I, mine's just in my basement, um, but I have a sign on the door that says, do not come in unless you're bleeding or on fire. I love that. <laughs> they don't listen. Not one time has someone bleeding come through that door, but. <laughs> now let's talk about your unusual background behind you. Oh, oh, this was uh, a COVID project. This was Oh gosh, April or May when we were in lockdown and I was going a little berserk, um, I decided to wallpaper an accent wall. These are pages of my favorite novel, Dracula. Oh. And, and I just spent an entire week just meticulously smoothing pages. I think it took me like three and a half books of Dracula just ripped apart. My husband gave me an, a first edition Dracula for our anniversary. That one is safe. This okay. was just like a $6 version, <laughs> but yeah, I love it. It's, it makes me, um, you know, it inspires me. It's my favorite story. I love Gothic horror. That's my very favorite, like Dracula and, um, uh, picture of Dorian Gray and Frankenstein and all of those. And Dracula is my favorite favorite. So it's, it was really fun. So whenever I look at my wall, I get happy. So do you ever think you'll write fiction books? I actually did. This year, um, I, I wrote a fiction book. It's just a Word document on my, on my laptop. But that is how I have spent my time this year, <laughs> just writing. You know, I have teenagers. And so I feel like the older my kids get, I can't just write about everything that's going on in their lives. So I decided, well, I'm going to write a YA book about other people's teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I did. <laughs> and and it's um a little bit of a YA horror. So it's uh I guess get to torture fictional teenagers with monsters and it's fantastic. So yeah, that's sitting on my laptop. I don't know what I'll do with it, but it's been really fun and it's helped keep me sane this year to just feel like I'm working and exploring a new genre and uh, and my favorite genre to read. So it's been fun to see like, can I write this? I can read this a lot, but can I write it? And so that's been really fun to explore. That's that. That is so cool. So what's up next for you? Um, I so I. I've uh, been working on screenplays for for Creep Show, and that's been really fun. And one of them is actually streaming on the Shutter Network right now. Um, I got to write part of the Creep Show animated special, and so uh, getting to hang out over in the film world has been really fun and um, something new to try. So, so that's definitely the new thing on the horizon for me. Um, and then, yeah, just fiction, and and I'm gonna finish this book that I started and see what happens with that. So that's kind of what I'm working on now. <laughs> So are you a binge watcher? Like, do you want binge watch any shows on Netflix or Hulu or? Yes. Um, I read 50 books a year because I love reading also because then that makes me feel so like no guilt that I can watch as much TV as I want because I've read all these books. And so, um, I, I love binge watching TV and I think that's kept all of us sane this year. Right. I, I just, uh, binge watched Queens Gambit. Gosh, so good. Um, my husband's actually a really good chef, chess player. So he would like recognize all of the moves that she was making. So it was kind of fun to watch it with him and listen to what he said about it. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed Queen's Gambit. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've binge watched. I don't know, uh, several. I, I mean, I definitely, I, I was a huge Supernatural fan. And so that's that ending after 15 years was like bittersweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My oldest daughter was like, you didn't watch the ending. I'm like, no, I kind of got lost after a few years, you know, after that, I still can't see him as well, the one that plays Sam. Cause I see him as Dean on Gilmore girls. So yeah. I can't <laughs> kind of get them two together. Yeah. It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you? Have, what have you been binge watched? I just got through binge watching Bridgerton on netflix okay. that popped up on netflix and i thought about that was it good it was it was so good it was it's it's just shonda rhimes if you if you like desperate housewives it's kind of like placed in the 1800s of like desperate housewives or someone telling the story so it's really cool it's a right. really good book oh that's I mean, good book it's also based on books too so you might be able to read the books to see what they missed out on so there's okay. 50 books because there's a whole series okay yeah i'll have to check that out i'm not good with the romance category so much i definitely prefer yeah more like who's gotten murdered um oh haunting of bly manor was good i binged that that it was the second one of haunting of hill house Mm -hmm. um, and then Ratchet was amazing with Sarah Paulson based on, you know, Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm -hmm. Ratchet, I think that was on Netflix too, but it was like creepy and gory and also featured like strong female lead. And so that was really fun. Um, yeah. Anyway, I love TV. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I'm like, the only problem is when you binge watch, you're like, oh man, now I got to find something else to watch. Yeah. Well, Netflix makes that easy because it just, suggest the next thing you're like well okay <laughs> now i'm watching the vow from hbo it's all about the nexium cult the you've not heard of that it's it's all involved with the um the cult that um the actress allison mack from smallville was in you know she, it was all about this sex cult that um katherine oxenberg oh. and her daughter was involved in that and she was trying to get her out so they're all I did hear about, about that yeah okay Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's a documentary. So it's like, I'm really in, into that, trying to figure out how in the world all these people could be taken by this person. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so um, where can people find you at? Yeah. Um, my MelanieDale.com. Um, I hang out on Instagram quite a bit. Melanie R. Dale is my handle there. And um, yeah, I have a podcast, Lighten Up with Melanie Dale. There so what podcast and, about? and the book is available everywhere books are sold. So I've been trying to really support our local bookstores, especially through the pandemic. And so um, check out your local bookstore. So where, what's your podcast about? 
Uh, it's the, the last series that I just did is lighten up about parenting. So I had uh, different authors on to talk about parenting and how they lighten up. Um, and I also interviewed a beta tester for calm the heck down for each episode. So someone who took the, took an advanced copy of my book and kind of treated their kids like guinea pigs and figured out what works and what they liked about it and you know, how, how it went. And so that was actually nerve wracking for me to have people on the show. Like, okay, what did you think about the book? But it was really fun. So that's a 10 part series, uh, specifically about lighten up about parenting and um, and you can hear a little bit more about what beta testers thought about the book and then also just just great conversations with other authors on how they're parenting. It was really fun. And is it not available on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, all the all the Yep. All the places. <laughs> all those places, yes. <laughs> well Melanie, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And like I said, her book is Calm the Heck Down how to let go and lighten up about parenting among other books that you've written. And I'll make sure I will drop the links to the other books or the, in the comments as well. Cause I honestly think I'm going to go get a couple of your books now. We're talking to you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me at the blog cabin. You are so welcome. So guys, we will see you on the next chat from the blog cabin. Hope you guys have a great day. Y'all, that was such a great interview with Melanie, and I really enjoyed chatting with her and listening to just her sense of humor, and it just, it's an amazing, if you really want to go and go on YouTube or go on Facebook Live, on Facebook, Adventures of Frugal Mom, YouTube Chats in the Blog Cabin, and look at this interview and see behind her. I love how she has her favorite book postered up behind her on on during the interview. But one of the things I really, really loved about this interview with Melanie, not only because she shared about adopting her children and the, you know, having a parent, being a parent during COVID is hard and doing virtual schools and all those other things. But I really loved her acronym GRACE, which is give yourself gratitude, G for gratitude, R for reading, time for reading, time for yourself, A, adapt, C, create, and E, engage. So basically every day before you go to bed at night, look at these five things. Did you express gratitude today? Did you read anything? Even if it was only five minutes while you're sitting on the toilet, you've read something. Adapt. How did you adapt to a situation? How did you react? Create. Did you create something? Did you create a memory? It doesn't have to be tangible. It could be a memory that you created with your kids or with yourself. Engage. Did you engage with others? Even if it's just simply write, sitting down and writing out a card, or if you're going to Walmart or Food Line or a grocery store and you're doing your grocery store pickup in the car, did you write a, a simple thank you note or wave to somebody engaging? I think this is a great tip that we all can use at the end of every day to look at and see how we can not only how our day went and to have the gratitude for how our day went, but look at some of the things and reflect on, you know what, I could have done this better and learn from each other. Because I think this is a great self um, reflection tool. So honestly, I love this. Like I said, she's the author of Calm the Heck Down. She has several other books. Um, Women are crazy. Women are scary, excuse me. It's not fair learning to live the life you didn't choose and in freaking fertility and i will link all those in the show notes so that you can actually get the books from amazon um i thank you so much for being part of the podcast family i would love if you like it rate it review it great it would be awesome um if you're if you're not really into the podcast and liking and reviewing go on over to youtube on the youtube channel chats from the blog cabin and hit subscribe and you'll know when i'm going live or when there's a new video uploaded and guys i really thank you for being part of the chats from the blog cabin podcast and 2021 is going to be the year that it explodes i'm claiming it right now and so i hope you have a great rest of your day and you know what i needed to do with each other that's right start chatting <laughs>